Good morning. Welcome to Grace. I'm Pastor Ryan. Well, today we wrap up our final installment of our Show and Tell series that sought to examine Jesus' last words to his disciples and offer for Christians a fresh study on the church's marching orders to go and make disciples. This final message is being given at our annual church picnic, so along with the food and fellowship, we will be studying Jesus' final invitation to come and take of the free gift of the water of life. Thanks for listening. Hopefully as you came in, you received a set of sermon notes. That's going to be the observations that we're going to work through today. Um, uh, If you have your Bibles, you can take those out as well and turn to the book of Revelation. Uh, I'm going to share a story with you. When I was uh, in college, I received an invitation to go on a missions trip. Uh, There was a group of men who were going on a trip to Mexico to serve at a camp for kids there. It was a Christian camp in the summer. Now, I had never been on a mission trip before. I had never been out of the country before. I didn't really have a desire to go. I didn't really have uh, funds to pay for the trip. But I received an invitation to go. And so I thought, all right, maybe this is what the Lord has uh, working in my life and committed to going. And sure enough, the funds came in the day of the trip came and for a full week, me and some of my other friends from college served overseas in in Mexico and my life was never the same again. Now, I could have, like the majority of my friends at school, spent my spring break a variety of ways. No doubt I would have came back here to the UP. But instead, the Lord allowed me, by virtue of receiving an invitation, to have an experience That changed my life forever. It changed my life because I saw the need for foreign missions. It changed my life because I saw that I needed to be part of that process. I needed to be part of God's mission. And so I came back from that trip and I changed my major. And that led me on a slow journey path all the way to Lake Eddy today. So you can can chart the course of my life having gone all the way back to that moment of having my heart changed by being on a mission trip. And it all began with an invitation. Aren't invitations great? You, you ever look forward to getting an invitation to something? They're unexpected. They, they hold potential for joy. Uh, they're undeserved. Really, you, you don't receive invitations because you deserve it. You receive invitations from people who want to include you in on something wonderful, something that they have planned. As we here are at the, the end of this series called Show and Tell... Um, And for our visitors and folks that are just so that you know where we've been, the purpose of this series is for us to examine Jesus's last words. You know how important last words are, right? Many times you hear what a person's final words were. Well, we know from our study that Jesus's last words were all commissioning words. Well, today, today we are going to look at the very last, 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 last words of Jesus. Uh, it's a little exciting for me because I've never got the opportunity to preach at, on the very last page of the Bible, but that's what we're going to look at this morning to wrap up our time um, studying how we both are called to show the gospel and tell the gospel. And the theme that I want to focus in on is this concept of invitation. I think it's no coincidence that at the very end of the message of the, of the Bible, the end of the story, has an invitation that is offered for the hearers. All those that are listening are offered an invitation. 
And we're going to take that theme and look with some key observations for what, invi- what, it, what does an invitation really involve coming from Jesus with the hope that you and I will become the kinds of people who also offer an invitation to others. And it really starts there in their life. I, I bet that if we gave a bunch of testimonies, somebody in your life at some point offered you an invitation that also changed the direction of your life forever. So for the remainder of our time, we're going to be in the book of Revelation, chapter 22. We're going to read verses 12 through 21. And then we're going to fill in the blanks on those nine observations and just a handful of application before we enjoy our meal today. So Revelation chapter 22, I'm going to read starting in verse 12. Jesus says, Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me. And I will give to everyone according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs. Those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright morning star, the spirit and the bride Say, come, and let him who hears say, come. Whoever is thirsty, let him, take, let, let him come, and whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds anything to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. If anyone takes away uh, words from this book of prophecy, God will take away from him his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. If you have your sermon notes, you'll see uh, of the observations that we can make from this text. The very first thing about the invitation is that it expires. It's the very first thing that we have to see. The invitation really is only for a limited time. Jesus is coming. Help me out. Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. And so you really should not delay. Uh, a, a story of delay in my life is when my family, I took my family down to Disney World and uh, you have so much to do at Disney World, you run out of time at Disney World. And one of the things, Michael, Michael was very small, I had him up on my shoulders, and one of the things that we wanted to get him the chance to see was the, the nightly parade that they do at the end of everything. It's this amazing show and a parade. Well, they would make announcements, the parade is starting in 20 minutes. And then five minutes later, the parade is starting in 15 minutes. And you had to make sure that you went and found your spot at the line. Well, I was a little bit negligent in listening to the announcements and did not get my spot in line. And sure enough, the, the time ran out and the parade started. And I 
I, to this day, cannot understand why the staff would not let you then go to see the parade. But we, we were out of luck. It was over. That was, that was it. The, the time had come and the time had gone. So that's the first thing I want you to know as well. In the same way that we were, we were left out because we waited, this invitation expires as well. When Jesus returns, the, the, the day is come and, and the time is now. The second observation I want you to see is that the invitation comes with rewards. If you look back in the text, Jesus' very next words in verse 12 are, My reward is with me. Uh, There's a wonderful passage in Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, The writer says this, Without faith, it's impossible to please God, for whoever would draw near to God must believe two things. Ready? If you're going to draw near to God, you've got to believe these two things. Number one, that he exists. And number two, he rewards those who diligently seek him. Uh, Those two things coupled with one another will draw you to come to Jesus. What what an awesome day is is that going to be, isn't it? When Jesus comes, what what does he say? My my reward is with me. It's different from what I heard, not often, but occasionally from my mom. You wait till your father gets home. (laughs) Yeah, that, that, that put me in line real quick, right? But that's not this kind of visitation. Show of hands, does anybody have sin guilty in their life? Show of hands here, yes? Well, I've got good news for you today if you believe God exists and that he rewards those who seek him, which is that Jesus paid for your sins. So you have good in your life and bad in your life. The good in your life comes from the Spirit's work within you. The bad has been paid for already. So on the day of Jesus' return, if the bad is paid for, what's left? Just the good. This is why Jesus tells his disciples, don't store up treasures on earth. Everything here is going to be temporary and it's going to be gone. Instead, store up treasures in heaven because on the day of Jesus' return, your reward will come. When you were small, did anyone have a piggy bank when they were small? Anybody? Or teach your kids how to put money in a piggy bank? Do you know what the coolest thing about having a piggy bank was? It was breaking it open. That was the coolest thing about a piggy bank. Because for months and months, you were putting in your quarters, putting in your quarters, putting in your quarters. But when the day came that you emptied it out, come on, were you like me? You were like, wow, I forgot how much was in there. Some of you are like, no, I I did not do a good job saving. Hopefully you right now are recognizing God's given you a piggy bank in heaven. And it's not to fulfill desires of the flesh here and now. It's not to amass for yourselves the possessions of of this world, it's to store up treasure in heaven because Jesus will come and with him he will bring his reward. So the invitation comes with rewards. Number three, the invitation comes with a blessing. Uh, this is in verse 14. Jesus said, blessed are those who wash their robes. This is the seventh blessing in the book of Revelation and it's the final blessing in the book of Revelation. Uh, there's, a, there's a fantastic passage in Isaiah chapter one. Isaiah says, Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, though your sins be like scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Uh, when you guys have grandkids or kids when they're small and they're eating a hot dog and they get ketchup right here, what do they do? What do kids do? <laughs> right? Anybody? You got those kids, Right? And what do you see? What do you see? You see a mess everywhere. Now, what about the adults? 
Be honest here, adults, right? <laughs> Hopefully, when you become an adult, you recognize that sort of behavior is not appropriate. Right? As you grow, as you grow in your faith with Jesus, you might recognize there may have been childish behaviors that are time to put away. The, the message here that we're given by Jesus is wash that dirty laundry, wash it. And you wash it by the blood of Jesus so that those sins are not there anymore. And, and I don't know about you today. Maybe you only know the answer to that if you were to look down at your bib and see, yeah, I still got all these stains here that, no, really, I need to, I need to live in the newness of life that Jesus brings. Number four, the invitation is exclusive. Uh, this is not a popular passage, but I'm going to preach it because it's in the Bible. Verse 15 says, outside are the dogs. Now, this doesn't mean that hell is just outside. This is a symbol here. This is a metaphor that shows the exclusivity. That that was the blank. Exclusive. The invitation is exclusive. You guys know what exclusive means? Not everybody gets in. And, And here's why. Look at what he lists in verse 15. Who doesn't get in? Well, it's those who practice magic. That, that's, that's placing your faith in something else, not like a magician with a hat. Um, it's, it's those who are sexually immoral, who continue to live after the cravings of the flesh and the lusts of the flesh. It's those who are called murderers and idolaters and those who love to lie. Here's why this is exclusive. Basically, Jesus says, you only get one or the other. You, if you want sexual immorality, you can have it. You can have it, but you don't get Jesus. If you want to hold on to idolatry and loving the things here, you can have that, but you don't get Jesus. It's, it's one or the other. And if you choose Jesus, what you're saying is, I let go of that. I, I reject the sin. I want nothing to do with those things, which is why the invitation here is exclusive. Now, that may sound like a high bar, but it's really good news for all of us today because God doesn't want just a par- portion of you. He wants all of you. And so the message here for an invitation is it's, it's either one or the other. You're going to receive Jesus and therefore reject the rest. Or you're going to want to hold on to those things of this world, in which case you will have rejected who? You will have rejected Jesus. Number six, or number five, sorry. The invitation comes from the king of kings. Uh, Jesus introduces himself in verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to you to give the testimony of the churches. I'm the root. I'm the offspring of David. David who, by the way? What's David's title? King. This is is the lineage of the king. How cool is that? Now, I know you've all gotten cool invitations, birthdays, weddings, right? Can you imagine getting an invitation from the king? There There was one time Emily and I were serving in the Bahamas, and in the Bahamas they only have... Uh, one naval destroyer ship for all all of the Caribbean. They they only have one ship. And the dock was about um, 20 miles from where we lived, was deep enough that it could could have it come to port. And so we were working at the school. We put all the kids on the bus. They came to see the, the Navy ship. Well, the Navy ship asked if we, the bus driver and his wife, wanted to come and have lunch with them aboard the ship. And so I said... Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, so, so we get ushered in and they, they bring us into the captain's quarters at the captain's table. And this is completely out of, I don't know how this happened, but it was like the officers, the captain, and me and Emily sitting at the table. It was amazing. 
That, that was a privilege we didn't deserve. It was amazing. And, and by the way, the whole time you were on your, your best behavior because you're in the captain's. This invitation that you're offered here, this doesn't come from a captain. This doesn't come from a president. This doesn't come from a king. This comes from the king of kings. Boy, we should pay attention, shouldn't we? If this comes from Jesus. All right, number six, the invitation is for those who are thirsty. If you look over in verse 17, it says, whoever is thirsty, let him come. Uh, Advertisers understand that thirst is a powerful thing uh, because we all seek satisfaction. Some of you are thinking, I'm seeing the clock now, Pastor Ryan, and uh, satisfaction needs to be happening pretty quick here. I'm going to spin the wheels up a little faster. Don't worry. Um, Snickers, a Snickers bar. what's What's the question they ask for their advertisement? Are you... Are you satisfied, right? Having a Snickers makes you satisfied. Or a Gatorade has one. Um, Are you thirsty? It'll quench your thirst. Now here's the problem with Snickers and Gatorade. How many of you have only ever had one? (laughs) So did it work? Did it really quench your thirst? Did it really satisfy? And the answer is no. No, it didn't. It it temporarily did, but it it truly never satisfies. Jesus tells a woman in John chapter 4 that I will give you water by which when you drink will well up within you water of life such that you will never thirst again. And that's what Jesus is. Jesus is the well that never runs dry. And so the invitation is for the thirsty. Here's the problem. I got to be careful. I don't get too preachy. Just bear with me for a moment here. Here's the problem. There's a lot in our world today that pretends like it will satisfy And you may be tricked into believing that you're not actually thirsty. There there are many things that can be imposters that quench your hunger or thirst for God temporarily, but only one that will last onto eternity. So if you truly are thirsty, and I hope you still are, uh, Jesus is the answer for that. Number seven, the invitation is free. Again, in verse 17, let him take of the free gift of the water of life. I want to make sure you don't understand free as without worth or value. It's it's very costly. It's free for you, but it cost Jesus his life. I think as a parent, um, I hope hopefully you uh, also uh, have a story in your life of pr- uh, providing dinner for the kids. And and what do you say at dinner time? Right? You go open the door and say to the kids, "Dinner's ready." Right? And what do the kids do? Hopefully they come running in and what do they see? Like magic, there's food. The f- it's, and then, and then you, do you give them a bill at the end? No, that'll be thirty-one fifty. <laughs> for, for the children, what is it? It's, it's free, but it costs someone something. It, it didn't come from nowhere. And I want you to understand the same is true for you and I. So for you, it's free. And by free, it means that there's no qualification based upon those who are invited. It's come. All you got to do is be thirsty. It's open for all. It will not cost you a thing because there's no qualification or condition for you to show up. It's free. Number eight, the invitation. This is an important one now. This is why it fits into our series, Show and Tell. The invitation is contagious. I picked that word because of COVID, just so you know. I could have picked another word, but transmittable, transferable, contagious is the word that I want. And here's why. When you think, when you think of the message of the gospel, 
and you experience Jesus, what do you want to do with that information? You want to share it. If you have a Bible, look with me back in verse 17. Because we have four invitations, four times the invitation to come is offered. I'll just read it again. It says, the spirit and the bride say come. Now the spirit is the spirit of God. The spirit of God who right now, for those who are recalcitrant in their lives, they are, they are unredeemed. They want nothing to do with God. The spirit of God is doing what? Hey, anyone home? Anybody? I'm ready to come in, right? The, the Spirit is saying, y'all can come. Who's the bride here, though? Do you know who the bride is? Say it if you know it. It's the church. So the church on earth also gives the invitation. Come, come. But it's the next line that I really want you to see. Look at the next line. It says, and let him who hears say, come. What this is teaching us is that the, the, the opportunity to invite others happens to those who hear and are transformed. So there are people who have yet not yet come to know Jesus as their Savior. But when they do, when they hear, what will they then get to do? They get to turn to others and say, man, you won't believe who we found. We found Jesus. Come. So I want you to know that the invitation, it's designed to be contagious. It's designed to be something we want to share. And the last blank is that the invitation is for you. The invitation is for you. Um, You wouldn't catch this in English, but in verse 16, Jesus says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you a testimony for the churches. This you is not singular. He's not talking to John. Jesus is talking to you. It's plural. He's talking to the church. And so the invitation is for all those who will hear. Now, what do we do with this today? I want to offer you four things that come from the verbs within this passage. Number one, wash. You'll remember up in verse 14, it said, Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life and come into the gate. I don't know where you're at today. I I, I don't know where the Spirit is speaking to you with part of that old... Old crummy flesh, uh, the, the way that you used to live, uh, the Bible teaches us that we are to put aside those old garments and to clothe ourselves in the newness of life that comes from Jesus. And so I just want to submit to you that perhaps there's somebody here today who needs to have the, the challenge that, you know what, Jesus washed me and I've been doing this, right, I've I've been still acting like a child in many ways. The challenge for you is wash yourself clean. Find yourself again washed by the blood of Jesus at the foot of the cross. Secondly, a verb that we have is to drink. To drink. You will see again in verse 17 that the invitation is for those who are thirsty. Um, To drink is to really find satisfaction. Here's the challenge though. We're told, the woman at the well there with Jesus is told that Jesus is a well that will never run dry. Do you know what the problem is, though? The problem isn't with the well. The problem's with who? We need to keep drinking. It, it will do you no good to sit next to the well. That will do you no good. You need to drink. In the same way, it will do you no good to just come to church. That will do you no good. You have to feast on Jesus. You have to find satisfaction and fullness 
in Jesus. And so this is my challenge to you. Maybe there's somebody here today who Jesus only shows up in your life on Sundays. And maybe your Bible's gathering dust at home. And hopefully you haven't been finding yourself pacified by some other satisfaction. Hopefully you're still thirsty. My challenge to you is to reevaluate how much of my life, what part of my day do I give to Jesus to, again, not sit by the well, but to drink and find satisfaction in Jesus. Number three, we're wrapping up here. Listen. Listen. If again in verse 17, it says, let him, um, let him come, whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. Verse 18, I warn everyone who hears these words. That's an important message, you guys. You need to make sure you listen. In fact, if you have your Bibles, you'll find something repeated three times. Now, if you're a parent, how many times do you have to tell your kid before they're in trouble? This is the third time I've told you this now. Jesus says in verse 7, Behold, I'm coming soon. Jesus says in verse 12, Behold, I'm coming soon. Jesus says in verse 20, Y'all, I'm coming soon. That's my prayer phrase. He says, yes, I am coming soon. How many times do you need to hear that before we listen? And so my my challenge to you and I is to make sure that we don't put off finding satisfaction with Jesus, but that we pay attention. This is repeated for your benefit and for mine. Lastly is this, and it has to do with show and tell. Invite someone. Invite somebody. I'm so thankful for those who have invited guests to come today to, to... be with us and to celebrate with us our church picnic. This is a great opportunity. My hope is that as we continue to focus on doing good, remember that's 2020's theme, as we focus on that to move into 2022 on a focus of evangelism, that we will really carry that desire to, let me invite someone to come. Because I just want you to know in my own life, it was an invitation that changed my life forever. And God may have put someone in your life waiting for you to give them an invitation that will change their life forever. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.